Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. Indeed, it's Fantasy Focus Baseball for a beautiful Monday morning, September 9th, 2019. He is Tristan. I am Eric. Joining us today, producer Tarika Foster and editorial watchdog Tom Carpenter will wrap up a big weekend. Three more weeks to go, Tristan. Three more weeks to go. Amazing. They're the most important three weeks, though, especially with the head-to-head leagues. <laughs> Absolutely. How'd you do? You still around in your leagues? Bumped in uh, two of them, as I mentioned. One was Vampire. Uh, and, you know, the real bummer, even with being bumped in that little uh, consolidation, or what is it, con- uh, consolation bracket, yeah, highest score. Oh, if only I'd made the playoffs. <laughs> I, I can't believe you missed the playoffs in any leagues. I, I, I told you, the tiebreaker. I'm you know? flummoxed. I should have I should have paid attention to the well I did pay attention I didn't think I'd follow the three team tiebreaker what are you gonna do? <laughs> uh, today's show more injuries suspensions prospects home runs pitchers the normal stuff plus the combo meals the closer carousel and as always your myriad hash browns we start as always with the buzz. All right, and unfortunately, we got to start with injuries again. Javier Baez, the awesome Chicago Cubs infielder, has a hairline fracture in his thumb. Um, doesn't sound real good. And I was thinking maybe he'll try to play through this. I mean, Cubs are in a desperate chase to make the playoffs as the second wild card or the first. They seem to be almost out of it in the, uh, division race. But when I saw today that they called up prospect Nico Horner, Horner, Nico I was, Horner. yeah, now I'm thinking he's done. And you know, I've got him in a very important league in which RBI are going to decide it. And I can't replace him. Can't dump him. So can't bench him. What do you do with Javier Baez in an ESPN league? Uh, assuming you could drop him, would you? Would you bench him? Are we assuming he's not playing this in all three weeks? We, we'll make sure you're able to drop him at this point. Uh, when players have injuries, uh, yeah, they could be dropped. So at the time you re- or he, are listening, he will be. Uh, and I would consider doing it just because I, I think that, that Baez's injury falls in the goal of even if he returns during the regular season, it's mainly to get him geared up for a possible playoff. As you mentioned, the Horner uh, call-up, does sound pretty ominous. It's a it, it reeks of desperation. I mean, he's a good prospect. I like him a lot. I think he's a good uh, dynasty keeper prospect. But the guy was slashing 284, 344, 399 in AA in 70 games. He's not really well, polished. that's not the baseball that he's going to hit with up here. I mean, normally I would say, yes, this is not somebody you look at in fantasy. And I'm still going to say that. But I refuse to believe that he has no power because when that new baseball comes a call in, he's going to hit some home runs. He's got a good swing. He's a contact guy. I don't think he's a stolen base guy. A couple of probably batting eighth or ninth. So I'm going to say, again, with you, no fantasy relevance these final three weeks. But I don't dismiss anything anymore because he's we've never seen him hit with this baseball. Right. I mean, without question. I mean, it's it's always possible that any player like this could just take off. Crazy things do happen in September. You need to be prepared for it and be reactionary to it. This is the time to do that because there's such a slim sample remaining in the season. But I, I just personally feel like he's not ready yet. I, I think he's a very good young player. I just don't think he's ready. So you would drop bias? I, I think you have to. Max Kepler of the Twins has a shoulder injury. Um, what do you do with him this week? Betcham? Yeah, the Jake Cave injury, too, 
compounds this because they need players in that outfield. But I, I think the Twins are in the position where they can play conservatively, and I think Kepler is going to miss you know, at least a game this week. I'd, I'd try to avoid him if I could. Speaking of the Twins, Michael Pineda, very disappointing uh, suspension for 60 games. His season is over. Uh, what do you do with him next year? He's the number 40 starting pitcher on ESPN's Player Raider for the season. And to give you some context of what that means, he's nestled between Robbie Ray, Julio Tehran, Yanni Chirinos, Joey Lacazy, Strikeout King Matthew Boyd. So he was relevant this season, definitely, Tristan. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. Does he miss part of next season with that suspension too? Yes. Yes, he does. I think okay. it's uh, three weeks of next season. It was a shortened one on appeal. Instead of 80 games, it's the 60. So I do believe that will eat up a, a chunk of, if not all of April, I'd have to do the So he's not that. draftable now in an ESPN standard league? Correct. Because uh, in an ESPN standard league with the three bench spots, he has to take one of those, not your IL spot. Uh, so unless we change that, and I don't anticipate that, I, I just I can't see him being draftable. What a shame. You're right. He's He's good. It, the Hyunjin Ryu example this season has taught us that the guys with great skills who have injury questions can put together big years, but missing April's a huge negative. Frankie Montas or Michael Pineda next year? I already know the answer. But, man, I mean, like, if you get suspended once... Actually, like, do you? You wouldn't take Montas over Pineda? I, I would, but I don't think that's a slam dunk. I mean, Montas was pitching really well, better than Pineda was. Speaking of the Oakland A's, Jesus Lazardo getting the call up this week. Do we know what day he's pitching? Is he a must-add? I mean, people have still been asking about Sean Manaya, who looks fantastic. Although, yes. he, I mean, yesterday he didn't face a good offense. But still, Manaya, Lazardo, those are probably Oakland's two best starters after Mike Fires right now. Yeah, and it's, you know, kudos to the A's for bringing these guys up and getting them some experience at a pennant race. I mean, Lazardo, and not only that, A.J. Puck's getting time out of the bullpen. I think Lazardo goes into the same role as Puck. And the main reason I see it that way is just they already have a six-man rotation to get Manaya in. Chris Bassett, well, maybe Brett Anderson, but Chris Bassett would be the guy I would have thought was the weak link. He had a very good game the other day. Speaking of prospects, congratulations to our friend, John Marvel. His son, James Marvel, debuted for Pittsburgh on Sunday. This is separate from fantasy. He's not somebody you want to pick up in a fantasy league right now. But how cool would that be yeah. to have your son make the major leagues? We know John from his days back at ESPN. Yep. Uh, very happy for him and his son. That's you know, awesome. I think there might be something there for the NL only managers. He's not a strikeout guy. I mean, I didn't really no. want to get into this, but I mean, he's, if you look at his numbers in the minors, he's a ground ball guy. Mm-hmm. He could be Zach Davies. Yeah. I mean, look, look at the situation with Pittsburgh in that pitching friendly ballpark with the right matchup. I think you might be able to extract something. And at this point, anybody's in play. I mean, when I'm looking at Patrick Sandoval as an appealing pickup for this week, anything is possible in the deeper leagues. Um, let's talk about the Red Sox with the, uh, uh, interesting news that Dave Dombrowski was fired late last night after they lost to the Yankees yet again. Um, what does this mean for Boston for fantasy? Uh, not the rest of this season because nothing changes, but for next year and beyond. Is there anything here in fantasy that we should look at and say they might do something different? They might have a better bullpen. They might not keep Mookie Betts. Anything that jumps to mind to you or no? Yeah, the, the one thing that does is the potentially sharp reversal of their strategy of giving out the big contracts, trading away the prospects, which is one of the things I didn't like about when Dombrowski came into Boston is that I thought he was going with that extreme all-in strategy, and he now has the team in a pretty tough spot in terms of the payroll. So for Dynasty Leagues, what bothers me is that they're going to have the Red Sox a difficult decision to make on Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, and a couple other guys down the road. 
And if that team starts getting broken up, what we talk about is that that great Red Sox offense that just gives runs and RBI up and down the lineup. There's going to be some sort of cascading effect, and it's not as good for the dynasty leagues. I, I mean, I don't think we would you or I like Betts in a in a less favorable situation if he's the leading guy in a much weaker offense. Of course not, and we wouldn't know where we would hit in the order. I mean, there'd be all kinds of factors, mm-hmm. and that could make him not a first round pick in theory, even as it is right now. I don't think he's in my top five anymore. I mean, we've got some order here. Trout, Acuna, Yelich, Bellinger. Who's five? It doesn't have to be Mookie Betts anymore. Right, right. So um, that's something to think about. Yeah, because I think we had gotten into this with the whole number three to number 15 is pretty fluid. So Yeah, Mookie Betts, if he, you know, he's on another team. First of all, he'll be on. Well, he's not a free agent until after next year. But they could. They, they might trade pursue him. trading him during the winter because of the final year. Um, um, and yeah. and the, the, this is the thing with bets for me. What I like about him from the year-over-year perspective is I think he's actually a very good buy in the years where the questions start coming up. I just saw a hamburger on my screen. I know. That it's, an, good. it's an ad. Yeah. Well, you don't know which screen I'm looking at. Oh, I, I do. I saw it, too. I'm it looking was... at Jack Flaherty's splits right now, and there's a hamburger on the screen. And I'm like, I want that hamburger. <laughs> Did you see that great Flaherty stat the other day? 0760 ERA since the All-Star break. That's not great enough? Not only that. He has lowered his ERA in absolutely every single start since the beginning of July. Has that ever happened before? Let's get Tom the intern on this. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a lot of research. I mean, but I don't yeah, know how you would do it. it. Well, lowered I mean, his seasonal ERA in every start. Is He's the number 10 starting pitcher now for the season on our player radar. Is, yeah. he, a, is he a top 10 starting pitcher for you in next year's? Let's assume he finishes up the way he's been the last month or two. If, if he does... But does yes. it matter if he does or he doesn't? Like, he has one slip-up. I mean, he's not going to be Porcello. I'm just saying, Jack Flaherty is number 10. He has the same uh, value for the season as Zach Greinke and Luis Castillo, who we are viewing, I think, as borderline top 10 starting pitchers next year. You know my feeling on Flaherty. He's probably going to stop taking my calls because I'm making too many of them, and I'm probably scaring him a little bit. But the only question I had about him was the workload slash durability. The, 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 the ability to rack up 30-plus starts, 200-plus innings. And to answer this question that late in the year he's got plenty of gas left in the tank, that's a huge plus to me. Cardinals are going to be dangerous. I mean, nobody's talking about them. Everybody just assumes Dodgers in the National League, Braves or Nationals maybe can knock them off. What about the Cardinals? I mean, Jack Flaherty is pitching. He's better on our player radar than Kershaw or Hyunjin Ryu for the season. Now, maybe the Cardinals don't have the rotation depth, but that's a decent bullpen. Carlos Martinez has pitched fine. They score runs. Cardinals could, could could represent the National League. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, most of the negatives I think people would throw at the Cardinals is just that, that the, the sabermetric underlying skills say that you know Dakota Hudson, for example, has been carrying them as well, is not as good as the numbers. But Flaherty is. Trevor Williams last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can get away with it. It doesn't have to even up. We say this about Babbitt. But it doesn't, Tim Anderson, it doesn't have to even out over six months. It might next year. Yep, <laughs> but doesn't have to these final three weeks. It's always going to call some point, but you can't just decide that today's the day. <laughs> Hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Altura COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter does not depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. 
Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash K-A-R-A-B-E-L-L. ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabelle. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right. Now it's the smartest way to talk about the combo meals. Hey, it's a combo meal. Some shows we have nary a combo meal to discuss, but today we have eight of them. Ronald Acuna, Christian Yelich, you've heard of them. Top three picks overall next year. Maybe top two. How about, yep. tra- how about Trout going third or fourth next year? And you can make that case. You, you can. can easily make that case. Acuna, I mean, I, I remember having the debate about the Dynasty 300 with Acuna at number one. We're going to have the Acuna and Trout debate. Well, I don't know you, if we are. You and I won't, but the industry will. People I, who play fantasy will. Acuna might go 40-40, Tristan. I, I don't think there's going to be a debate if he ends up. 40-40 now. He won't get there. What do you mean? How far away is he? He just stole the thirtieth base the other day. There was the de- 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 the debate oh, about who gets the base. Yelich or him? Acuna, I could have sworn that the day that Wilson Ramos broke that streak of zero steals, he stole second base, and Acuna no, got Acuna's his got thirty four steal. steals. Tristan, he's got he only needs six more. Three homers and six steals in three weeks. Oh, he can do that. Go. He actually has had a pretty good couple of days. You remember that though? They were they both wanted they wanted to stake their claim to who yeah, gets yeah. the base. The only issue I see is that he has to face JT Real Muto like six more times. Ooh, and nobody yeah. runs on him. Yeah, good but point. Whether he ends up at thirty at forty homers and thirty eight steals or not, or Yelich goes fifty Yelich is fifty thirty, right? Or he could go fifty thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Uh the other combo meals from the weekend, Will Myers. Don't forget about him. Kevin Playing Smith better late lately. The catcher, don't worry about him. Shohei Otani, who I look, if we find out in February that Otani's not going to pitch next year, which we won't. The Angels are going to pitch him. But if we find out Otani is a regular designated hitter for 600 plate appearances, I'm telling you, like, I would have to rank him as if he was a top 10 outfielder. Like, I'm thinking 30, 35 home runs, 20 stolen bases, trying to compare him to somebody off the top of my head. I mean, right? I mean, you tell me that if you knew Otani was a full-time hitter next season, you wouldn't rank him as somebody. Wouldn't you rank Otani over Bryce Harper? Forget about the fact he's DH only. Bryce Harper is a 35 homer, 15 steal guy. You don't think Otani can do that? I do. With a better batting average? I do. I think he can. I, <laughs> I think we've talked enough about Harper. Right, so, so pick another We're player. We're not in agreement on Harper. Pick, pick another player point. then. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm yeah. saying if you knew Otani, I'm not trying to pick, I love Bryce Harper. I'm just saying his, his value exceeds what he's actually yeah, doing. The, the case here, you're, you're trying to make a case that I can get behind. Understand here that the, that for me, I I don't have a problem with what bothers you, like what what you're worried about with Otani. That if he pitches, I think that only enhances his value. I yeah, actually think his real value. But tell me, I think not- that hand enhances his fantasy value. I think that there is an excellent chance that him being a pitcher who gives you 20 starts, as well as I'd say 450 PAs, I think there's an there's a very high likelihood he's a top 25 overall player. Mookie Betts right now has 27 home runs and 14 steals, and he's batting 291. Shohei Otani can do that, all three of those. Now, he can't score yeah. 128 runs. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's a top 10 pick, but 
based on what you're saying here, the pitching, if he still bats 500 times, which he probably wouldn't if he's pitching, it's a fantasy monster. This would be a top 20 player, Tristan. Anyway, moving yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to Otani in our offseason if we have an offseason. But remember, remember too, with this, is that in our game, because of the daily flexibility, it changes the, the conversation for our game. Sunday's combo meals, Glaber Torres of your Yankees, Francisco Lindor, and Scott Kingery of my Phillies. Um, so I, I, you know I love Kingery, and I've got shares everywhere because I thought his rookie season, he was just far too talented to be that awful. Mm-hmm. Right now, Scott Kingery has 18 home runs, 12 steals. Never going to win a batting title with that plate discipline, but he's hitting everything hard. He has 52 extra base hits. There's nobody else with that few plate appearances with that many extra base hits. And he's still only 25. You tell me. What's Kingery do next season? Give him 600 PA. Uh, Kingery is only a tough read for me because I'm seeing it as he's crushing lefties and he's not contributing a whole lot over the full year. But I'll throw two... 80 to 85. Uh, I think he could get to 20 home runs. He's going to get to 20 home runs now. Yeah. I mean, He's going to get better. Yeah, like I'm, I'm tempering based on the baseball. I, the, the home run projections don't matter anymore. I'll just be honest with you. They don't. Because... In a normal season, he would be a 20 home or 20 steal guy. Right, and, and I, 270. I think there's a, a, there's a, a high degree of likelihood he's meeting those numbers. I think he bumps up the batting average a good 10, 15 points. I think that, that the homers become legit, even if the ball regresses to where it was two, three years ago. And I think the steals are very much right on line. I mean, he's like a poor man's Starling Marte now, to some degree. Not quite the same speed, but I see where you're going, yeah. All right. And Glaber Torres, I mean, are we going to have to rank him in the top in the third round next year? The 40 home Maybe. run middle infielder. Maybe. I love him. You, you know I love him. He's, I know, but like, do, do you think that this is legitimately him? Oh, like, yeah. This oh, is a this is a legit forty home run du- middle infield both spots guy. Yep, absolutely. And I might be biased, but absolutely. When I watch him play, the power is completely legit. The metrics last year in the limited time had backed it up, and he's only taken a few huge steps forward this year. Let's talk saves now on the closer carousel. The closer carousel. Well, it took four months, but Jose Leclerc looks good now. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for thanks Jose Leclerc for ruining my labor team. <laughs> amazing, isn't this amazing? He's collect saves on consecutive days for the first time since April. Say Texas, Texas is going to leave him as the closer. They're paying where, him like it, yeah. Right. Where you, where, is he a top ten closer for you next season? No. Do you rank him or Sean Doolittle? Say they're both closers. Who do you? Who would you rather roster? Uh, I'll go with Doolittle. Really? Uh, yeah. I worry about performance moving ahead for Sean Doolittle. I have to. Have, have, the, I'm just saying. Yeah, like, yes, but I mean, are you sure that's not um, the recency bias? Because I mean, Doolittle is—we know what he is. Four months of greatness, and the other two months are. A it was greatness, but he was allowing a lot of home runs. Like at some point, this was going to catch up to him. And and he, I, I still like. When's the last time he passed sixty innings without his arm falling right. off? I'm just I'm concerned about him. I mean, Leclerc's obviously younger. But doesn't um, it matter to you with the close? I mean, you're a Greg Holland. You're a who's the other dude that we always yeah. If about? I can get them in round sixteen, I'll take any of these guys. But they're not going to go there. Leclerc's going to go in round ten. P- people are going to take closers early because they think that they're good enough to to you know to, to warrant that. And like Ken Giles is going to be drafted as a top ten closer. He's going to go around ten or eleven. Would you have Giles or Leclerc? That's my point. If I can get Leclerc, oh, yeah. if I can get Leclerc or Doolittle around seventeen or eighteen, my God, oh, I'll do yeah, it all day. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. they're not going to go there in normal leagues. The the thing you and I debate a lot the the guys who give you a good fractional season among closers, and I don't have a problem with those. It's that when you're ranking them over a full one sixty two, 
it, it's it's very hard to contrast them. I think what Doolittle gives you when he's healthy, and to your point about 60 innings, it's pretty darn amazing. It's not top 10, but I'd rather have that because isn't isn't the clerk issue that his control could waver on any given day? You don't even know that he's going to give you two elite months in a row. I don't know if I'm going to get two elite days in a row. Uh, Craig Campbell, speaking of non-elite, uh, drop him now, right? He uh, right after our last show, he went on the disabled list with a knee injury. I think it was. Now, or what elbow. do you no, believe? Is the question. What, do, what I, do you believe? Do you believe him in saying he will be back Thursday when eligible? <laughs> yes, but I don't think he's going to pitch well. I don't know. I see any reason why he would. Agreed. So I mean. You know, there's two separate things going on here. You're trying to win a fantasy championship, and you're relying on a guy like Craig Kimbrell. I don't know who the Cubs' closer is. Is it Strope? Is it Rowan Wick? Um, I saw Strope was bid on in one of my leagues, but I think Wick is probably next in line. And then you're right, Kimbrell could come back this week. There's no way I activate him this week. I just don't have any faith that he can pitch well. And Maybe he just because he didn't have a spring training, and maybe next year he'll be awesome again. He's done this before where he pitched poorly, and then the next season he pitched great. Mm-hmm. I, I just – this rest of this season, man, I mean – I don't trust him. I'd rather have Taylor Rogers. I'd rather have Hansel Robles or Ian Kennedy than these final three weeks. Hansel Robles is one of the biggest surprises on the closer side. Isn't that amazing. Yeah, he's How is been he doing good. this. I... I look. I told you months ago. I, I have Robles everywhere, and I picked him up, and I was thinking it's about opportunity, not skills. Of course, he didn't have the skills, and <laughs> when he was a Met, if you do. But I just, it's amazing what he's done. And then Melanson now is 10 for 10 on saves. It just, you don't have to throw 98 miles an hour to be a decent closer. Yeah. Yeah, to me, it's about opportunity more than anything else. And the opportunities change all the time. I can't wait to see who's next in line for the Padres closer next year. Not saying <laughs> Kirby Yates is going to lose the job because, because Blake Trinan did, but it seems to me like there's a better chance of Kirby Yates failing next season that, cause you're going to have to take him in round six as opposed to drafting Hansel Robles in round 20, which right. is where he's going to go. I and and I don't have a problem with paying the premium. This is one thing I've been saying is that that it is very difficult to fill the later tiers of oh, your, yeah. your saves. Oh uh, yeah, I won't argue that. And 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 it's actually not about draft. It's about trade strategy. Because I know that I've been in a situation where when I am chasing saves and I have to fill it quickly, the trade prices are a lot higher than they are now for the proven guys. But what I want to ask you is this: with Yates, if that does happen, who who you got behind him? Well, it's got to be that Munoz kid now. Munoz looks good. Yeah. So, like, we're going to be drafting Munoz, ne- Munoz next year over bad closers, right? We're gonna, Like, over Joe Jimenez, for example. Because we, right. Or, because, or whatever Miami has. We're going to be drafting Munoz because we think he's a 100-strikeout guy who's next in line for saves. And if the Padres are out of it in July, Kirby Yates ends up on Boston. That's right. what we're going to believe. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity left completely out there entering spring training. And from a draft perspective, especially early, you're going to have to speculate on the high upside arms, even if they don't have jobs. So I'm with you. Munoz he's will be ahead be, of a lot. He's going to be the top non-closer in drafts next season. The narrative is going to carry the day, and he's going to probably get overdrafted. Actually, um, I'm trying to think. There might Maybe behind teams like the Yankees where there's a proven contracted closer. No, but you would draft Munoz over Adamata Vino or Zach Britton. You know you would. Right, but I'm, I'm, I know there's probably a couple bullpens I'm not thinking of where there'd be a candidate like that. Um, You mean like a hard-throwing strikeout guy who's not getting saves? Like yeah, like behind Vino the very— will be a closer, so— Right. Like, I'm thinking of like a, a clear incumbent closer. Like Seth Lugo behind Edwin Diaz next season? Yeah, and what be. the Mets are doing with them is kind of puzzling to me. Uh, well, to... look, the, the moves that they made, that, yeah. that that manager made this weekend, 
to walk to intentionally walk a guy to pitch to Bryce Harper. I he just doesn't have a clue what he's doing. It's amazing. But good luck with that, Nets. Um, let's look at look at the schedule here and see what's happening in the next couple of days. Monday night, late on ESPN Plus. Uh, if you're not watching football, check out Shane Bieber. He's really, really good. Uh, Cleveland at the Angels, Bieber and Patrick Sandoval. And Bieber might end up a top 10 starting pitcher in our rankings next season as well. To me, there's yeah. like a top tier of four guys and then like 12 guys for the next six spots. That's how I'm viewing the top 10 pitching. That sounds like a blog at some point, maybe an off-season blog. <laughs> Because I can't really do it these final three weeks, but like in October, like what are your top ten pitcher rankings going to look like next season? There's like extra guys that have to make it. Yeah, it's, I'll, and I'll I'll have those rankings officially in just over two weeks. So yeah. I'm making those decisions as effectively as we speak. If you're streaming today, uh, Jordan Lyles of Milwaukee at Miami. That seems like a good spot for him. Lyles, uh, so where's, where's the second start for Lyles? Uh, it, it was one that, hold on, I'll grab it you for you. might not have it. No, he was, um, yeah, he's in St. Louis, which is not the best of no, matchups. great. But the park plays, and he's pitching well enough that he's actually one of the better two-start guys. It's a weak time for two-start guys. I mentioned about Sandoval. Sandoval is one of the most commonly found free agents in my leagues. I'm more bothered by the fact he's not pitching deep in games than the effectiveness. Uh, Cal Quantrill at home against the Cubbies, but his second starts at Coors. You do not want Cal Quantrill. It's a good thing I have him in, in NL Labor. Um, <laughs> which is now tied. And I don't have Baez. Uh, I can see how it's gonna end. It always oh, ends. No. Tuesday. It always ends this way. But it's been fun. It's been entertaining. I could still win, but I, I, look, we both have spots to lose. It's amazing. I, I just, yeah. I've never seen a race like this. I say that every year. But like every, like so many categories where either of us can add to, lose to. Yep. And it turns out that me trading Julio Tehran for Carlos Martinez to our buddy might not have been the best move. I won saves. And Martinez has been very, very been good. Very it's not good, a matter of the value. But the but losing like the 30 strikeouts right. might end up costing me. The, the wins, fit. a couple wins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and that's the thing. But I had to win saves. I would have lost. I did the math last night. I would have lost two spots in saves. So right. I got them. You know, you know, you have to do what you have to do. I didn't know Woodruff was hurt. Well, I found out the day of. Brandon Woodruff could be back in a week. I really need Brandon Woodruff the, back. The the best way the the categories really dictate things at this point, and the best way to illustrate this is in the office league, where the points I need to make up to, to catch our, our friend and colleague Todd Zola, who's in first, uh, is with stolen bases, and it pushes me into the difficult spot of a Jared uh, Jared Dyson decision in a mixed league. Can you? afford to stomach the not playing every day and the poor other numbers to get the stolen bases. No, That's no. where people are at in this case. And I would have traded Gerard Dyson for any power hitter a month ago in that league, but nobody wanted to trade because there was only two teams in the running for four months of the season. Mm-hmm. So nobody would trade because they didn't want to affect the race. I understand it. Yeah. Maybe your leagues, maybe your home leagues are like this because it's an industry expert league. Nobody wants to be the guy who helps the guy win. I understand that, including our buddy Steve. But, you know, we'll see what happens. How are you, how are you doing win. the home leagues? Um, okay. I mean, I have, a, I have one that I can still win. Mm-hmm. You know, I have another where I made the playoffs and the head to head. I could, I could win that where you're right, where you're seated means nothing. It just means I have to play this week instead of having right. a buy. Um, but you know, I'm in it. I'm, I, I have stuff to watch and my right. favorite team has given me reason to watch, although I don't know <laughs> how they can make the playoffs. <laughs> they have only two games back, but it's like, what a, what a mess. The Cubs really going to blow this. All right. Other pitchers here. Um, very interested to watch Max Fried pitch for Atlanta on Tuesday. He's really good. We're not going to rank him as a top 20 starter next year, but that's, he, he has top 20 starter upside soon. Um, yeah, I like some of the adjustments he'd made. I, I, it'd be hard for us to rank him there, but I think he, he's going to get a, 
he'll get some 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 love next year in the draft rankings. Zach Gallon of Arizona is at the Mets. He might be available in your league. ESPN Plus has Nate Ovaldi, who actually pitched really well in his last outing, and he went five. Did he go five or four? I believe it was five with one hit. Yeah, and he's at Toronto, and they're bad yeah. now. So I I would pick up Ovaldi for that one. Um, what else? Wade Miley. That was a terrible outing against Seattle last week. How how can you even? So he was third in the American League in ERA, and then a terrible team just lights him up. He yep. can't even get out of the first inning. But I bet bad he bounces back. Here. It's a bad matchup. It's not. Yes, Oakland is tough, but uh, and look, he's not a strikeout guy, so it's hard to recommend him. I'm looking at um, it, Trevor it, Bauer at Seattle on Tuesday. Yeah, I don't know what you're going to get. Even that last outing was against the Phillies. For four innings, he looked great. Fifth inning, two home runs. I hated that he said he likes working on short rest, and he was talking about the analytics for that, because now he's back on a regular pattern. So I don't, I just don't know what to make. He's this has got to be a good game, or Bowers out as a trustworthy guy for the rest of the year. No day games on Tuesday, none on Wednesday either. Did you see the uh, comeback Tuesday? Oh, is that John Glass Quedo. now? Who? Johnny Cueto. Oh, Johnny Cueto. Yeah, look at that against Mitch Keller, Pittsburgh at San Fran. You wouldn't activate him for this week, would you? No, there are, there are crazier things than playing him in a home game of that park against Pittsburgh with that, for the most part, that terrible That seems like a offense. pretty good matchup there. Yeah, uh, the, the only thing with that is just that, that guys like Kevin Newman and Brian Reynolds, and, and of course Starling Marte, have been very good, but the rest of the offense is a mess. So you could play the matchups here. At this point, it's fine. Wednesday has an ESPN doubleheader. Dallas Keiko and Zach Eflin in the first game. Phillies can see what they're missing there since they have no starting pitching. Keiko is available. <laughs> the nightcap is Cole Hamels and Chris Paddock. I am no longer using Cole Hamels in my leagues. This is at Padres. Yep. Um, I don't see how you can. Something's wrong. He's pitching through an injury or mechanics are messed up. Something's wrong with him. I don't want to deal with it. Good matchup here for Cole Hamels. That said, I'm going with Padres here because this is the one in which the Padres offense could put up some numbers, and they do have the cores thing at the end of the week. So just for those looking at the weekly schedule, we mentioned Will Myers before. One thing I like is Myers getting the righty-lefty advantage, Hamels pitching poorly. Uh, Rockies at home all week, by the way. You want to sit Dakota Hudson and Miles Mikolas, and and then who else? Do they have? They have the Padres later in the week, so... You're sitting your starting pitchers, but there, load right? up the hitters. Load, load up the hitters. Up the I mean, hitters. we know Dakota Hudson has a lot of wins, but look at the whip and Coors Field. Mm-hmm. And ESPN Plus has Robbie Ray and Stephen Matz, and that's all I have to say about that. Coming up after this, I'll read some hash browns, and Tristan will answer them. I mean, if you're the kind of fantasy manager who says, "Oh man, look how many wins this guy has," I don't want to sit him. Look at where Dakota Hudson's starting this game. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying he can't pitch well. But his 15 wins are irrelevant to me if the game is at Coors Field. It's a low K rate. It's a high whip. I don't want no part of this. Actually, yeah, this is a great example for this week of uh, why the wins don't matter. Two in each league. Domingo Herman with the 17 tied for second. Dakota Hudson second, one behind for the lead. He's in third place for wins with 15. And both of them have terrible matchups. Hudson has the Colorado one, and Domingo Herman is the guy who has to piggyback CeCe Sabathia in the Wednesday game, so that cap is already being reached. It would be really tough to piggyback CeCe Sabathia. <laughs> uh, Hud- he, could, he could carry you. The Dakota big, Hudson's strong, last guy. five. I don't want to be mean. Dakota Hudson's last five games, he's won them all, and he's allowed a run in only one of them. But look at these walks. I think he's allowed more walks than hits in his last five outings. He's going to throw a gem in cores after all we've talked negative now. He has actually allowed more walks than hits in his last five outings. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. This is this is this year's Trevor Williams. Dakota Hudson's second half is Trevor Williams 20 Without strikeouts. It's amazing what he's doing. All right. 
good pitcher. But now people are going to be on board. I will not be drafting Dakota Hudson. Could, could you see him even being in the top 40 next year in the ranks? No, absolutely not. I don't care if he wins 20 games. I, I, I can't do it with that. That's going to be the, the debate. That's going to be the Trevor Williams debate that people want him in the but top 40. But he can make 40. adjustments, though. Like, it's possible he could adjust and throw more strikes. You Darvish did it. Anybody can do it if you Darvish just did it. True, true. We'll see. We'll see. I'm going to have to take a deep look at that. But it's a, it's a hard case to make today. Dan has a question. How willing are you to cut guys like Marcel Azuna and Eddie Rosario this time of year, struggling at the wrong time, and it's a short fantasy playoff season now? Didn't Azuna homer the other day? Now, I don't know when the question was sent. But uh, let me ask you, as a guy who wins most of your leagues, what do you, like, Azuna and Rosario, these are players that have carried you all year. Max Kepler, you know, guys like this that might be hurt or struggling for whatever reason. Um, do you just drop them, or do you try to bench them? Like, how do you react, like... At this time of year, do you just cut players like this that are top 20 outfitters? If I have to because I don't think they're going to contribute anything, then they can go. Anyone, It's all fair game at this stage. Um, but I, I do try to bench guys just because in the majority of my leagues, I have benches that are deep enough to afford this. And in Ozuna's case, two things stand out. 808 OPS. I, I don't – where's the cold? I mean, he, he hasn't been exceptional over the past three weeks, but he hasn't been awful – and the Cardinals have an extraordinary schedule this week. The only way I'm dropping somebody like this is if there's somebody better. And I don't know how I'm going to have somebody better. <laughs> but 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 this is the thing. Like People were all in on guys like Sam Hilliard and Seth Brown a week ago trying to chase the recent Hilliard's stats at home all week. So that's different. Like the Rockies are like, would you would you really pick up Sam Hilliard and drop Marcelo Zuna? Oh, absolutely week? not. But I mean, I'm just trying to put to illustrate where we were at a week ago. Everybody was in on Sam Hilliard. And, and I get that. I, I get that strategy, chasing the stats, but Azuna's got good has has got great matchups, and he hasn't been awful. Jared has a question: Can I count on Jed Lowry for the stretch run? Oh my goodness, what a what a disaster! Now I don't think Jed Lowry. I don't have ADP in front of me, but I can't imagine Jed Lowry was picked in the first twenty rounds. But how many people still have Jed Lowry on a roster? Right? I mean, <laughs> I like, don't think many. Like, and the Mets are just a train wreck clown show like i don't know how is he gonna play boy that's gonna those are some fighting words between division rivals <laughs> well i mean he pinched it twice this weekend he struck out in both both at bats i saw one of them and i'm like how is he gonna contribute he's probably not healthy oh good you know if you're hurt you're hurt but he's not gonna start where are they gonna play him over cano right third base frazier right. mcneil no, they can't play him so i'm gonna say no and after all that time absent due to injury i just gotta stink yeah yeah, i I mean i need to see like in game one he's got to do something have a clutch hit to to you know gather some interest the adp numbers by the way 258 for him yeah drafted in 31 percent of leagues now at the time i collect the data near opening day everybody knew he was hurt so in mid-march he was probably going in round 15 i would say yeah that that's pretty likely what are you doing with it say he's what do you do with him next year like say the mets he's a met again but uh, is he playing third base? He's 36. I'm out. He's he's 36. He's got Nelson Cruz is higher than 36. I'm just saying, like, he's I not, just want to point out that Jed Lowry last season batted 267 with 23 home runs, 99 RBI. There's no reason why he couldn't, if the Mets say he's their number five hitter, hit 30 home runs with this baseball. <laughs> I, I'm just busting your chops here. <laughs> you just completely <laughs> insulted Nelson Cruz. <laughs> 
How? I said <laughs> so now we're even. That my point is that age is irrelevant. No, I mean they're not anywhere near each other in terms of talent. They never have been. I'm not saying they are, Tristan. I'm saying <laughs> I know. I'm if you're just, just dismissing Jed Lowry next season because he's going to be 36 years old, that's ridiculous. If because if you said to me that Jed Lowry bounced back next year and played almost every day like he did last year and ended up with those numbers, I would say yeah, that's somewhat believable. I, I'm not going to invest. See, right. right. Okay. It's, it's just a guy with this injury and with the past injury history before the 2017-18, and, and 18 was just magical. I'm a no on a 36-year-old player with this track record. Nelson Cruz's track record is nowhere. I mean, he was he was the, the model of health during his mid-30s. Oh yeah, they're, they're not the same. And I'm not, I'm, I mean, believe, I know exactly what you're getting at with Cruz. I just, I just find it funny that you and I talk about the aging players and like that was actually negative. I can't believe you said a negative Nelson Cruz thing. <laughs> I don't think that was. I just was pointing it out wasn't. that he's his age. It wasn't. it wasn't, I know. You know, someday when you turn 36, Tristan, you're not gonna, you know, you may not feel so good. Oh, let, I let, know my knees. Let's have empathy no. for Jed Lowry here. <laughs> a calf injury that took six months to heal. It's a rough year for him. I, I, I I did it's a shame because for better. I I look. I I didn't have any shares of him anywhere, but I would have liked to have seen what he would have done over 500 at bats. Yeah, you know, because he he did play well the last two seasons. I like players with play discipline. He walked 150 times the past two seasons. Yep. yep. So, you know, he only slugged 448. But again, this year everybody's slugging percentages up 50 points. So, right. Would Jed Lowry have hit 25 home runs this year? Yeah, he would have. The, the the metrics for him have always supported he's got underrated pop. And remember, he's played so much of his career in pitching-friendly ballparks. So I, I've, I've looked at him for years and always thought there was star potential. But then the injuries came. So I'm, I'm with you. I get there, there, There's something here. It's just... What do you do with Cano next year? I'm a no on Cano. I mean, Is he draftable? No. He's going to get drafted in ESPN leagues. The name brand, yeah. But... I mean, is the best case scenario he hits two seventy five with twenty? Well, see, we thought he would do that with a normal baseball. Why can't he do more than that with this baseball? He can. I, I I'm just so I, I just I, I want to see. See, the one point I'll make to you is that older players do tend to get hurt more, and recovery is harder. Nelson Cruz's wrist is still hurting him. Cano's injuries this season are ridiculous, so they don't play as much. That I'll give you. Right. Uh, especially now that they can't heal the proper, well, they're the improper way. Right. Um, thumbs up fantasy. What players would suffer the most loss in value if the baseballs go back to quote unquote normal? Um, I assume Cattell Marte would be at the top of your list, but I mean, you'd have to look at a lot of different things. How would you make, how would, say you're writing a, a, a story about this? Okay. Cause it can't be me. It's I'm doing a panel about this at first pitch, Arizona. What are you, you going to say? You tell me. What are you going to say? <laughs> Who suffers the most? I mean, like, we know who pitchers would gain the most. Rick Porcello would become normal again. But which player, which hitters here would you want no part of if you were told, which you won't be, if you were told that the baseballs are back right. to normal? Is Cattell Marte hitting 12 home runs next year instead of 38? Right. Well, well I mean, one thing with the pitchers, the, the, the fly ball oriented pitchers are the ones who are going to get a, a, a... All the closers would be saved now. All the closers. They're all two pitch guys and it's, fly ball hitter, fly ball pitchers. Except for the guys like Doolittle, who except by Melanchon. nature are are absurdly extreme fly ball guys. So which hitter? Tell me, name five hitters that jump to mind to you, including Ketel Marte, right. I assume, that you so, say would suffer next year. So the first place I would, I, I mean, I this might not be the answer, but the first place I plan to look this offseason in the research is the homer to fly ball rate. Yelich. No, because the homer to fly ball rates are going to regress. I think that that is going to be one area where if the baseball changed and went back to where it was, it's it, 
13% of fly balls using our pitch tracking tool are going over the fence. In the past, and I believe it was last year, it was 10%. That's a 3% jump. That's monstrous. Leaders in it uh, among qualifiers right now are Franmil Reyes, Nelson Cruz, Christian Yelich, Luke Voigt, Javier Baez. I would say guys like Ryan McMahon, 7th. That has me a little bit concerned there. Voigt, who might not provide an awful lot outside of the power. Ned yes. Garver, the Twins catcher. I mean, that's that that home run rate. Where's Garver? Garver. His first name is Ned. His first name is Mitch. Mitch. Who is Ned Garver? And why he's a, he's like Ned Garver. <laughs> Who's Ned Garver? <laughs> Let's see. He was like a pitcher in like the nineteen thirties or something. Or he would pitch from forty eight to sixty one for the Browns. And no, the that's not the one. I'm thinking of the other one. <laughs> why am I even thinking? You're thinking of, of the other one. <laughs> I don't even know. Stop. Just stop. <laughs> no, I. it's all right. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Why would I think of Ned Garver, a right-handed pitcher in the 1950s, instead of Mitch? Uh, oh, your phone's ringing. You know why? We used to have that game where... Hey, we, Ned! That old, that old, why does uh, Eric remember you? <laughs> Ned's calling you right now. <laughs> uh, Mitch Garver with his 30 home runs. And the best home run to PA rate in baseball right now is Mitch Garver. Um, what do you like? He would have to be hurt by this, right? What's he slugging? I'm trying to find. Yeah, he's like, slugging six thirty nine. <laughs> he's my first round pick in our sim league. Oh my god! Can you imagine? Al, that's a good pick, though, right? I mean, like that's a catcher with three hundred and seventeen plate appearances. Can't even play him all year. I lowered the qualification ones in here, and it's bringing <laughs> Cesar Puello of the Marlins is first. Uh, Aquino. Aquino's up there. We don't know what he is, though. No, but if he's really, if, if he's, the players whose values are tied up almost entirely in home runs with high homer to fly ball rates are going to concern me the most. So he would be one of them. Oh my God. Ned but. Garver is slugging 742 against lefties. Wow. Garver's homer to fly ball rate is. 17.9. That's pretty high. That's, that's ridiculous. Jorge Alfaro's is right there with him. Ooh, that's not good. Eesh. Jake Rogers is up there with 18.2. You're just looking at catchers now. No, they just happen to be in the top 25, these guys, in the lower qualification. All right. Um, normal baseball next season. Ketel Marte, it's what, 15 home runs? <laughs> Marte. You, you can I, do a whole story on him, man. You've been talking about him for months. It's like, it just can't continue. Marte's it's, isn't absurd. It's 15.3. Um. <sighs> Marte's gonna, Marte will be one of the most important research guys for me this winter. Moving on. Brett says he needs quality innings. Who's given me two quality starts this week other than Jordan Lyles, who we already mentioned? Anyone else? Who, who else is on your, check, uh, open up your little, uh, up the two -star forecaster guy here, yeah. here. Tristan still does, uh, his forecaster until the final week of the season. You gotta check it out. It's the best thing we do in fantasy baseball. Certainly better than anything I do. And. What? It, it, oh, come on. And I'm not trying to, what you do with this forecaster probably takes more time than all my blogs combined anyway. So that, uh, the, the waiver wire one's got to take a while. I've read through that. Now. <laughs> nah, I'm just guessing now. So, right, so you, two star you guys, two star pitchers. Yes, I'm going to uh, hold on. Let me exclude the others. Here we go. OK, so I'm going to exclude the guys that are obvious means DeGrom, Yarbrough, Bieber, Paxson, Nola, Grinke, Gallon. And Jordan Lyles. Gallon's not obvious. Before. People, he's still available in leagues. Gallon's but, only not obvious because of the possible impending cap, I okay. think. Right. Lyles, we put, we discussed Bumgarner, Hendricks, Bauer, Wheeler, Quintana. Okay, then we get down to a little more questionable guys. Erod, kind of like him. Well, how is Eduardo Rodriguez available in any leagues? 
All right, I'm on the 15 guys. wins. People aren't. All right, you know, I'll people give may not know guy. why he's good, but because it's not the wins. But come on, he's got. He, I'll look, but there's no way Eduardo Rodriguez is available in any leagues. Yeah, the pair since, since it's two quality starts, we need the pair of starts here. The number Chase Anderson the is uh, Chase Anderson, Miami, right? That's at Miami, one. at St. Louis. That's good. Maybe not the second one. I, I don't think the second one. He's got a high likelihood, but, but I'm at this with point, you beggars can't be choosers. Exactly. That's it. Elijah, uh, Elijah Hernandez. He's got mm-hmm. Milwaukee he's home at him. San Fran. He's facing Chase Anderson. I think I'd rather have uh, Chase Anderson. I don't think he's out there a lot, but Anibal Sanchez we talk about a lot. Now, Man, he is angering me. I almost said something else. Like, his last outing was bad again. So yep, yep. he was good for such a long time. I have him in a key league. And then last start, I was like, come on, man. I really need something here. And who was it? Like, the Mets lit him up? Well, don't yep. let the Mets light you up. He's at Minnesota home Atlanta. That's how awful. No. I know. That's no way. Atlanta's really good. Atlanta's like the Dodgers now with less depth. Justice right. Sheffield could make no. the two starts. I doubt it. Rob Robert Duggar. I'm going to say no on Robert Duggar. I'd agree on that. Jake uh, Junis has at Chicago and home Houston. Nope. Not Houston. See what they did to King Felix yesterday? <laughs> I mean, come on. This is not if a you're good managing Seattle. How do you let King Felix face the Astros? Oh, I know. You want him to go out on like this is it for him. You want him to go out on nice terms. How do you let him pitch that game against the Astros and give up eleven runs? They wanted to push back Sheffield to not tire him out. Which I don't. Are you in on Sandoval? I mean, am I crazy no. here? Because I need. I, if you look, if you're desperate, then you do what you got to do. But in a general sense, no. And yeah, agree. I mean, there, there's. Ivan Nova has Kansas City at home, and then he's at Seattle. But he's low on here based on the grades. No strikeouts. Right. Uh, today's National Teddy Bear Day. Tomorrow's Hugs! Appa- tomorrow's apparently National Ants on a Log Day. Now, come on. There's no way. <laughs> and First then, of recipe course, I learned. Wednesday, Patriot Day, and National Day of Service and Remembrance for 9-11. Please never forget what happened that day. We're done for this fine show. We thank you so much for listening to the Little Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Not the biggest podcast at ESPN, but we're still going strong till the end of the baseball season, which means after today, five more. Five more shows. Maybe a wrap-up. I don't know. We'll figure it oh, out. Oh, we got to do a wrap-up. Come on. Now we do. Well, somebody's <laughs> got to produce it. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Uh, anyway, thanks so much to Tarika Foster and to Tom Carpenter and to Tristan H. Cockroft. Two C's in that last name. I'm Eric Carabell. Have an awesome week. Everything is awesome. Darkness.